She's Inspirational, and this is the She's Inspirational podcast. I'm your host, Julia Strelau. Today, we're chatting with Charter Jansen. Charter is the facilitator and founder of I Work With Magic in Amsterdam, where she offers psilocybin ceremonies in a safe space with herself as the nurturing guide. Psilocybin, or magic mushrooms, have been proven to have healing benefits. After just returning from Amsterdam, where I did one of Charter's ceremonies, I can attest to this. I found it life-changing. I am so excited to have Charter on the show to share more about her journey and the magic she works with. Welcome, Charter. It is so great to have you here. Oh, thanks, Julia. That was such a nice intro. (laughs) And so nice to hear you again. (laughs) Yeah, so nice to see you again, too. Wow. I looked over your website in research for this podcast and what an amazing life you've had, living all over the world and training yourself in so many kinds of healing. Can you tell me a little bit about your journey and into the personal development space? Yeah, sure. I think in in such a early stage in my life, I found the interest in, in, you know, the spiritual life. I think the Celestine prophecy, I think that was also a big book in Australia. Um, I found that one when I was a teenager and I really, really loved it. And that was for me like the biggest eye opener. I think like, oh, wait, there are more people that feel and think the same about that you feel signs or you know like you feel like there's a purpose so so that was definitely a very important book to me but also like I really started to do meditating from 12 and I went to satsangs as well and then I was 14 when I did my reiki that was I think now it's more common but in that time that was really like no one knew what it was so really it really came on my path because my mom uh, did it and that was really really amazing i think during my my whole life i was uh, uh, modeling when i was 16 and i traveled all around the world and i then i had a model agency for 12 years but still i always kept this huge interest and i always like i became a meditation teacher from osho in india I learned how to do kids yoga uh, Acoenergetics, I did. That's an Australian way. That's like uh, acupuncture, but I'm working with energies. That was nice as well. And I, I cannot even remember, but I always, you know, I always had this interest and, and it helped me like even going to retreats of Eckhart Tolle or Ajishanta, Ashanti or Muji and always went every year back to Osho in India really helped me to stay connected to that part of me because that conscious of of how I wanted to live, how I want to feel, how I want to look at myself, my feelings, the world. Uh, I thought it was always very important to uh, confrontate myself with it, and I can, yeah, you know, that that was the way my 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 growth went. I think personally, but also during this this model agency, right, or work as a model, like when you're 16 and you start to travel around the world and you learn, you know, at castings and you learn very quickly that that's not life. You know, it's not about looks. It's not about, you know, what other people think of you. Like, oh, because I was not super popular at home, but then suddenly I was a model and I was in the magazines. Then suddenly I became more interesting, right? 
but as when you're so young you also realize this is it you know it's crazy because like a year ago you weren't interested in me and now suddenly you want to talk to me and it was very a huge eye-opener as well so you think like fashion uh wouldn't be the most conscious uh learning process but it kind of is because you learn how you feel the most yourself without makeup and just be and talk with, with people and I don't know, somehow that was a, that was also important for me. So it was not only the spiritual retreat. I mean, I got shivers when you were speaking about your purpose and having that purpose from such a young age and acting on that purpose. I felt that purpose or that calling too when I was younger, but I had absolutely no idea how to act on it. So instead I found myself turning to the wrong kinds of things to fill that hole. But being so mission-driven and the thing and being on that spiritual journey from such a young age is amazing. And out of all of the avenues that you've researched, because uh, it's been a lot by the sounds of things, what inspired you to create a business around magic mushrooms or psilocybin? It's kind of funny because I never really thought, you know, I have a funny thing about Australia <laughs> because I was for a few months in Australia. I was there on a working holiday visa because I wanted to be a backpacker for a while. And I was at Byron Bay. <laughs> there was a field between Byron and Linden where I heard they had magic mushrooms. And there were a few guys that went there to pick up magic mushrooms. And I was like, wow. And I was very, very against alcohol, against drugs, against, you know. <laughs> and But I, I don't know, I felt this really huge pull to join them and have the fun to search for them and to collect them out of the grass. And, and I'm... Remember, we, you know, I was so excited. And the first time I had those magic mushrooms in my hand, I really felt so deeply fascinated. And the way how you open them and they, you know, the color blue. And I was like, this, this is already magical. And then in the evening, they wanted to use the magic mushrooms and they were sitting in a circle with a fire. And, but I felt this group pressure. I was like, I wasn't interested, but I don't want to use drugs ever, ever. <laughs> Why would you? Somehow I did took a big bite because everyone did and I kept it, you know, like I, I hide it, I wasn't chewing it. And then I suddenly said something like, oh, I really need to go to the tent right now. And I remember that I was walking away and then spit it on the ground uh, without, you know, swallowing it. I, it just didn't feel right. I didn't feel ready. I, I don't think the group and the place was right. And I was very happy that I never took it that time because I, I remember I woke up at 5 a.m. to see the sunset at Byron. And I I remember that when the sun was coming up, I was meditating and then the sun was coming up and I saw on the right side, I saw a dolphin with, with a baby and on the left side, I saw sharks, sharks. And I don't know, that was the first moment that I remember in my life that I really felt totally melted with the whole earth, like the ground underneath me, the ocean, the whole planet, but also the universe. And it was a very profound meditation I had that moment. And if I feel low and I'm going to meditate, it's one of those uh, moments that I think back of just to get in the right energy somehow. So that moment was super, super important in my life. So I'm very happy that I didn't take the mushrooms because I didn't want to have missed it. So yes, that was that was funny. And that's a story about magic mushrooms for the first time. But then that was not your question. Your question was, how did I start this job? So I started this job, I think it was already 
eight, nine years ago that I was separating from the father of my daughter. I have a 12 year old and I felt very lost. I couldn't find a apartment, but I had to re-find myself. And uh, there was, there was like this, this moment that I had nothing to lose. I felt I needed a change because, you know, I something needed to, to, to change in my life. Uh, and then ayahuasca came on my way and I did an ayahuasca ceremony. I have to say the first ayahuasca ceremony I did was absolutely terrible. It was horrible. It was not with the right people. They gave me too much. There was no help. It was one big nightmare. That was one friend that uh, felt that I was her mom in China one day. And then she tried to get back in my belly and I couldn't move and protect myself. But um, so that was my first ayahuasca uh, ceremony. But then afterwards, uh, half year later, I did it with a smaller group with really good guidance. And that moment really changed my life. And then in the year after I did a few ceremonies and then people started to ask me to guide because they knew I was like, you know, like a meditation teacher. Sometimes I was coaching and, uh, and, and did Reiki and they started to, yeah, to, to ask me. And then, yeah, in, 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 in the years later, I started to realize like I was getting the, the people who were having the most, uh, you know, traumatic experiences. And that was, that were, you know, those were, who were a little bit difficult to guide. Um, and I, I, I seemed to find a way to connect with them and to get them out of the darkness and really make them find their connection with their heart. And, uh, and this is, I did that for a few years and then people started to ask if they could do sessions with me. And then somehow magic mushrooms came on my path. And it was very funny because I always felt this resistance against it, but then I tried it once because I knew it was so much softer than ayahuasca and it was mind blowing. Like it felt like it was it was homecoming. It felt like there was the deepest love for the world, for myself. But also, it felt like I did this already so many times and so many lives. And it felt like this is crazy. I just everything clicked. Everything clicked in every part of my brain, my body, my soul. And I was like, okay, we're, we're, it felt like we were one. Yeah. From, from that moment, I started to really, yeah, have my huge interest in magic mushrooms and started to make them myself. And I started to do ceremonies with them. So during COVID, that was the moment that, um, I had for 12 years, like a model agency with girls who were really flying Milan, New York or everywhere. But that was the moment that every, everything stopped. And that was also my decision to, okay, this is like, what do I really, really want? And I started to study social psychology. I wanted to do for, for a long time. And then that was really the moment that I decided to do this full time because I did it like in the weekends. I don't understand why, why I didn't take it when I was 18 in Australia, but I do understand. <laughs> As someone who accidentally ate my first weed cookie at seven, which was the wrong time. <laughs> I can totally attest to the fact of not taking drugs when you're not ready or in the right environment. With you being in Byron Bay and me growing up in Nimbin, and I also spent weekends with my parents walking around the paddocks where the cows poop looking for the mushrooms because that's where they grow and kicking them over to see if they go blue. It's magical. I used to love doing it as a kid. So I can see why that attracted you. 
And after having so many bad experiences with hallucinogenics in my life, it was something that I kind of made this affirmation to stay away from. But as I started to see psilocybin be legalized in Australia and all the research being done, I was decided to try it with you, Charter. You as a facilitator, yeah, you you were amazing. You made all the difference. It, you, rev, you revolutionized my life. The experience changed my entire perspective on hallucinogenics. And it's funny because you think it was me, right? But it's yourself. It's, it's like you turn into your own guru. That's the whole thing. It's just to let it go and to find the right person to trust, to feel safe with. But you are the one that is really jumping and is really opening the heart and really confronting yourself with yourself that's the most beautiful thing what i think because you're like oh yeah thank you charter but i'm like just like i'm so proud of you right during this ceremony because you're working so hard i think part of it is fostering that safe space that you do create and the in a magical space like a space where you feel free to be magical well thank you So magic mushrooms or psilocybin, they're not a new phenomenon. Some historians believe that magic mushrooms may have been used as far back as 9,000 BC in North Africa indigenous cultures. Can you tell me a bit about what you know of the history of magic mushrooms and what makes them so, well, magical? Yeah, well, I I did a huge research for myself and um, it's very funny from the Celtics to Russia to uh, Asia even and uh, Africa but yeah of course the well-known is South America Uh, everywhere you can find you know like little statues of mushrooms of holy mushrooms but I think the the the, the 9,000 years ago you know it was founded everywhere I think there was even like in they found it even in Spain lately in some caves but I think the most famous ones are the Azatecs and the Mayas, you know, they, they really almost like had a belief system around it, really. They, they called it like holy child's uh, children or or like the flesh of gods, right? They, they call it the flesh of gods. You know, it's almost funny, right, that we see these chemical medicines that are just there for 100 years or a little bit longer or less, um, that that's the best solution when there's already thousands of years of knowledge of using this as a medicine that we are scared almost to use it and um, of course i think i think it's very important to 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 know like a medicine if you see it as a medicine you don't take medicines straight away for fun right you're not going to go to the doctor and ask for open heart surgery when it's not necessary you only use it when you feel you can use yeah, you, you need some insights or you need some work from the, in your inner world. But if you feel you have to do it, it's crazy that we're so afraid for it. And then, you know, people are taking antidepressives with what's the percentage? I think 54% or 56% that it's actually working with so many side effects and it's addictive. And, you know, um, and this with all the new research, like the is it's there's there's no side effects for afterwards you cannot get addicted if if you do it in a right space right environment with right guidance like it's there's like no chance it goes wrong or right almost no chance especially compared to antidepressives yeah so so i i think it's incredible i think it's crazy that we are looking at it as something scary but i I, i'm so happy that the whole medical world is changing now right we all start to recognize it now as a part of 
are you know being human almost like this is just a medicine that's so natural to us already for so long it's great that the medical world is recognizing it so just for our listeners so they know on july the 1st in australia magic mushrooms and mdma were legalized for use in a clinical setting but it is estimated that a round of psychedelic assistance may cost between fifteen thousand and twenty-five thousand. so for many of our listeners if they want to experience that legally they actually like it's priced out of the market <laughs> You know, to be honest, I really don't understand why it would be like, how many hours do you like, uh, do you need like seven psychologists for six weeks, 24 hours next, next to you while you're sleeping or something? I don't understand why the costs are so high. I am like, are they capitalizing on it or is it that they just have so many more hoops to jump through given that it's a controlled substance? I'm not sure. <laughs> Yeah. And well, well, you actually need it when you have depressions or traumas or stuff, you know, those are the people who are mostly affected by it so much that they have troubles to working or to focus or to actually like, it's, it's crazy. It should be almost like paid by insurance, you know, because to actually help them to get back into life again. I'm happy to hear like even in the US and Australia, that's actually recognized now as a therapy forum that's actually very effective and that you know that's already beautiful you know it's going to be probably different in 50 years it's not going to be that crazy crazy amount of money growing up in Nimbin, i never thought i would see the day where psilocybin and mdma were legalized in australia but likewise i'm really happy and in, in new zealand we had the vote a little while ago to vote to legalize weed and i voted yes even though i don't smoke weed because of my experience as a child, I still know it can help people and has these healing benefits, but the vote didn't pass. So now who knows how long we have to wait again to see if we can get it legalized. But I'm going off topic. I'd love to know from your perspective, some of the healing benefits of magic mushrooms. Yeah, so they're, they're very much like, I think, two sections. One, you have the microdosing. It's getting also very well known uh, instead of using antidepressives. The other section is like the, the therapy, right? The ceremony, like a really deep dive. What you experience? I, I even believe that I think when you actually have traumas or um, that you're carrying around or uh, you have depressions, it comes from something, right? Uh, even when it's from a super young age, I think it's always good to really get to that core and to heal that and to understand and to put a blanket of love around it. And then maybe in, in a later, later stadium, if you feel you, you still can use some support, then microdosing could be very beneficial but I think on the moment you actually deal with troubles I think a real ceremony has the most effect I always say there's no silver bullet to healing but magic mushrooms when com combined <laughs> with doing the other form of work and a facilitator can be can be revolutionary I'm looking forward to trying microdosing because I haven't actually tried that yet can you tell me a bit about the role of healing that psilocybin has played in your personal journey maybe i i haven't explained enough why like a ceremony could, could work because also like when you go a deep dive in you have i have like two types of clients so one is having depressions and and severe traumas pcss for example and the other group they just they are on their spiritual path 
and they but but they bump into a wall like they feel there's something more they feel there there's something that really needs to be shown or seen but they don't know how to get there like they do yoga they do meditations but it's like the curtains are still very closed so and it's funny because i i have those clients that really come from another corner that on the end during the ceremony mostly the effect is to to reconnect with self-love and it sounds so simple and so easy but that's the thing if you really feel in your core the self-love again everything starts to melt away like your your ego your mind your yeah it's it's i'm not your self-love or to to reconnect with your soul you know maybe that's that's also a better better way to to explain it so it doesn't matter if you just look for for your spiritual insights or you're very depressed like that's on the end like you want to reconnect with yourself that's just basically the main thing why you would do a ceremony i think everyone can recognize right you you wake up in the morning and uh you look at yourself and you can just say oh my gosh i look horrible or take a painting class because you think it's fun and you make something you're like oh my gosh this is ridiculous i feel so embarrassed to even take this home uh, even when you have fun. And there's this little voice that we always have that, I don't know, somewhere, like it seems to find ways to be so negative to ourselves. And we would never ever say those things to our children, to our friends, or we would never say that in someone's face, right? Like to be so negative and so bad, but somehow we do that to ourselves the whole time. And this voice, like this self-critic, but I remember, I think I was one or one and a half, something like this. And I remember that I was playing with some blocks and then I realized I had to go, but I was like, yeah, but I'm playing. I still have time. And then suddenly I, I was like, oh, oh, I'm, I'm late. And I run to the potty, but I was too late. And that was like the, and I heard myself talking to myself like, oh my gosh, you're such a failure why didn't you make it what would your mom think and that was like the first like that that happened in the ceremony i was like i re-experienced the first time i heard this voice talking to myself and what's crazy because of course my mom was super nice in that moment she was just like oh that can happen baby don't, don't worry you know at least you try that's amazing you recognize it and of course you know you're so young that can happen but you know, seeing that as a mom, being a mom myself and being a grown up, you know, there was suddenly so much love for this little child. Like, why, why would you be so negative, right? And somehow because of this ex experience during the ceremony, that, that voice in my head, yeah, dissolved more. Of course, I sometimes have it, but this was really, really life changing. And from that moment, I was really realizing like if i was looking in the mirror if i felt if i was doing something creative or i wanted to to do something like if i heard that voice like would i say that to a friend would i say that to my daughter chloe like never and then i was like this is ridiculous you know why would i listen to this voice and this really really influenced and changed my life and that's just one one example i really love that perspective of when you start hearing that voice in your head 
thinking about it and going, actually, would I say those things I'm saying to myself to someone else? I've never really thought about it like that. It's a really good way to practice mindfulness. I agree. After experiencing the ceremony, I felt that I was a lot kinder to myself. Uh, you asked me to write affirmations at the beginning. And in all honesty, when we were writing down those affirmations, I thought that there was no way that the ceremony could answer all of those questions. I just, I wanted to believe, like my, my heart and my mind was open, but I thought, given my past experiences, you know, the ceremony answered every single one. And I think I wrote like six or something of my affirmations. I, I couldn't believe it. it. It was magic. There's no other way to describe it. It was, in, and I've always wanted to believe in magic so badly. It was all my dreams come true, which was to find out that magic exists. Yeah, it was so beautiful so to see that transformation because the way how you came in, right, the shoulders, the eyes, and after the ceremony, you know, you looked so melted right melted with beautiful open big eyes and this beautiful smile the whole time you felt like so much lighter right I, it's making me like want to cry hearing you say that and thinking about it I, I remember as we were going through the ceremony tears were just streaming down my face because I realized that the world was so beautiful I realized that there was so much beauty in the world and that's why I was crying it was actually a good good tears. And all honestly, when I started off my holiday, because we came to charter when we were on holidays, I was really struggling to enjoy the holiday, even though it was everything that I'd always wanted. We're in Italy, we're in Lake Como. I was struggling to let go of work and relax. And after the ceremony with you, charter, I, I relaxed, I enjoyed the rest of my holiday. And our whole group, everybody who was there, because there was four of us, and we all experienced the same profound shift. So it wasn't just me. Just so our listeners know, can you walk me through how you facilitate a ceremony? Yeah, so so if a person comes, you know, I, I really want to know why, you know, what the motivation is. I think that's very important. And in that first email, I already, like, read a little bit, like, does it make sense? Does it, does it you know, is this person, you know, needs yeah needs to come so so then we started to connect uh, i explain a little bit what i do and when we start working together the first step is that i make someone to fill in all questions and those questions are about you know your past uh, you know as your how was it as a child your relationship with your parents how was school and you know and and, and the thing is it's not only for me uh, to read and, and know all those experiences, but it's also so important for the person that you actually take time and really reflect on your life, what happened and, you know, what what created everything that you are here on this point. And, uh, and for me, it's very important to know what are the traumas, uh, also to, to see where we have to work with. So I think that's very important because you have many ceremonies with with groups that they don't do this work. And I think this work is one of the most important things. So before, uh, it's also, I think it's very important that, especially the week before, that you get already conscious about the ceremony. Yeah? You're, you're, you're working with the intentions. Why am I going to do a ceremony? What do I hope? You reflect on yourself. And I really hope that someone does a meditation uh, twice a day to actually take time before like the day of the ceremony i really ask you to ignore your phone don't go on the news don't go on socials really wake up know it's a ceremony day meditate you know dance listen to music uh, that's all good and be really sweet to yourself no alcohol no drugs that week really take care of yourself i know there are very strict diets that some people use 
like for weeks you cannot eat red meat or no milk or you know I don't really believe in that I love to be spiritual orientated but I also love science and I'm a countryside girl so there's also a huge part of me like okay well you know you have to find a balance and I think it's it's very I think it's very logic that you know you just don't do the bad things that you know already that are bad for you to smoke to drink don't don't do those the the week before and that's all people don't book a session the day before you know it's not even allowed so mostly people already heard some podcasts they have been seeing some Netflix documentaries and they and mostly the the information they already have. Still, even if you saw those documentaries and you've been reading about it, it still would blow your mind. It's just very hard to explain. It feels like, you know, like another world, like really another dimension, right? And then afterwards, I, I still have yeah, contact with the clients, like, how are you feeling? You know, if, if still things come up, they're always, I'm always available to, uh, to connect with me so, so they don't feel lost. Yeah, I think that pre-work is really important, even though I may not have been the best student because I was traveling. And after going through the process and experiencing that magical experience, I can see how important doing all of that pre-work, taking care of your body. Yeah, but you did, right? We, you, we, you shared, you had this big email. You, you did. You did. I think you did do your work. Uh, you did a very good job of making sure we all did the pre-work, which was, which was really good. And I guess one thing for me when we did the ceremony, I didn't realize that we were going to put masks on. So could you tell me a little bit about that? Why you get clients to put the masks on and how that differs from if you didn't have the mask on? Yeah. So, so we talk about like a meditation, like a sleeping mask kind of, right? How I see the difference between drugs and to use it as a drugs or to use it as a medicine is it's a drugs when you use it to go outside of yourself right to, to see like amazing lights or flowers or nature or people or music right that's going outside of yourself and you use it as a medicine when you really go deep dive in yourself and it really helps to put on the meditation mask because even if you open your eyes you cannot get attracted by all the beauty because because all the lights all the flowers they all look so more beautiful it's amazing just to stare at a little um, yeah, a, a little lights or something, right? Uh, or a little flame. And that's, that's, that's fun. That's beautiful. But the whole thing is you're there to really get deeper insights. And that's the moment. So it just helps a little bit to get really, really deep in. And the funny thing is like, you know, especially when you, even when you go to the toilet or you, you see something that you're like, hmm, I don't like it. You can just take it off because you're so conscious. You just take the meditation mask off. You go to the toilet. You can even say something, and you're just like, because I remember Julia, you at one moment like, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm diving in again, and you were like, okay, I'm gone, taking that train again, and then you were just laying down, putting this mask on, and then you know you started to smile again because you were like, <laughs> going to this other universe again. There was like this barrier I had to go through once I put the mask on. I, immediately I started having visuals. Charlie told us to put our hands up when we were having visuals and I was too scared to put my hand up. But as soon as I put the mask on, I could see the visuals and there was this process I had to go through to make, to access. It was like this started to, to use the power of my mind to, to get the visuals I needed. 
I won't bore listeners by <laughs> delving into my trip. I, I always love to hear from everyone. I love it. I just get such a big smile. I cannot like, listen enough to it. I love it. I can <laughs> listen for hours and hours to your trip. We did keep, we kept, we kept Charter up till 11 o'clock telling her about our experiences after the ceremony. So I, I won't put you through it again. But yeah, the, the mask became really magical to me and I still have that mask. I slept with it last night. Um, so before this podcast, I pulled it off to come in to record with you um, because it became really special to me. Yeah. I, to be honest, I, I hear that more often that because you're, it, it becomes like so valuable. And I think it definitely it forced us to go within. And that's what, as the facilitator, you were suggesting that we go within. You did mention earlier that we did the work, but as the facilitator, you created this beautiful safe space we came in you waited for us all to get comfortable you gave us this delicious magical tasting tea we were surrounded by all these different kinds of deities so you know whatever religion we were we felt like we were in a safe spiritual place then you got us to select a card and to pick a candle that was our safe candle so you did you did a lot of amazing stuff could you tell me a bit about you know why you do that for your clients yeah the, the funny thing is it's really depending on the group and the person so it's like once a client steps in there is this full intuition that will take over and i will just non-stop sense what's needed to make that person ground and to feel comfortable and I think that the, the candle and the cards, it's mostly what I do every time, but it really depends of what I feel, what's needed in that moment. I think that's very important. And that's also what makes someone a good guidance or not, because you have to be sensitive to what's needed right now. I think the whole time you need to be, you know, having your like, like, yeah, you have to have the intuition to feel the other person and understand what's, what's needing to be done, needed to be done. So, so the card is like, <laughs> to be honest, it's, I think it's, it's the most fun for me, Julia, because I, I make them pick a card, like, or as, as well as you like to tell something about the ceremony. And then after the ceremony, I'm going to read about the card and the details to see if you recognize what was on the card. If you, if you recognize it from your own ceremony. Do you remember your card? Uh, I think I got ch I got change. Yeah. And so, yeah, at first it seemed a bit kind of scary, a bit like the tower, you know, um, but after the experience, it was crazy how much the card related to the experience because the experience told me you need to change. If you want to heal, you need to change the way you take care of your mind. <laughs> and also for me, it really tells something about like where I should pay more attention in to also during the ceremony. The ceremony was revolutionary. I went about the rest of my trip feeling different, lighter, more self-love, um, stopped being anxious, was able to just open my heart and feel safe. Just a million things. I felt I was I was healed. I've got no trauma. I'm everything's great. But what I didn't do was I didn't listen to my card or the ceremony. Change. I didn't change. I didn't. Med I still meditated, but very infrequently. I really didn't focus on my spiritual mental health the way the journey had told me to. Instead, I just thought I was cured and went back to being a workaholic. And after a few months, I really broke and found myself crying, thinking, oh, my gosh, I've lost the magic. I was magical. I'm not anymore. <laughs> um, so I guess that leads me to my next question. 
now we're speak I still hold elements of the magic of the ceremony. I now I now know what I need to do to get back there is I do need to put in the work and hopefully come and see you again when I have. So for other people who ha- are thinking about doing a psilocybin ceremony, what advice would you give them to integrate those changes back into society? Because the changes are phenomenal. It will be life changing. So from your experience, Charter, what should your clients and uh, anyone else who's doing psilocybin do to ensure that they don't they don't ruin the experience like I did by going back into bad habits? You know, I, I don't even think like, you know, even saying like you ruin the experience because I think once the curtains are open, you know what's behind there, right? You have seen. So also you recognize quicker at yourself like, hey, I'm not in this good flow right now. And before you were maybe stuck in this mental stage. But now when you know and you, you know what's behind those windows and when because you open the curtains, you also know, oh, yeah, there is work I need to do. So even, you know, you hearing saying that, like, I know I, I, I know what to do. I have to meditate more. I have to be more conscious again or uh, listen to myself. That That's already huge because there are always moments in our life right that we're just sucked into life again and work or kids or stress and it's like a non-stop process and that's okay we have ups we have downs and you become conscious every time more and more and more so don't be too tough on yourself i think but what i what i tell people is like during the ceremony you, you get a little book to write in a notebook uh, before you write your intentions your questions but also like on the last stage of the ceremony, I want you to write everything what you experience. And uh, I also say that to do it at least for two weeks, but prefer if you if you do it like daily and longer to just write every day your insights, what you feel, how your day was, you know, like a diary, but more like in this conscious way like did you see patterns of yourself or the things that you felt you were proud of or that you felt good with you know even when you had a confrontation with someone like how did you deal with it it doesn't even matter in what sense but you just have to keep on writing and to find that little space every day i think that that's that's a magical trick but it's very hard but even if you do that twice or three times a week together with prefer a daily meditation but still if you do two times three times a week just for example with a song that was incredible for you during the ceremony you know after the ceremony if you just listen to the song you know it's just maybe even it's five minutes and you listen to the song you go straight back to that memory and if you do that twice a week you keep that energy alive right there's this moment like what i do when i'm meditating and i cannot really find myself or that space I go to, you know one of those moments I go back in Byron Bay to to be at that sunrise a meditation moment and I'm I'm there and so that could be little tricks to keep it longer but the integration is like really I think the writing to uh, to keep on writing it's, it's a very important integration process I'm almost getting teary just thinking about going and meditating and listening to one of the songs from the experience so I think I'm going to try that. What you mentioned about the curtains really resonated because that is so very true. Even though 
I've gone back to the hustle and bustle of everyday life and there can be stresses and there can be things that still activate my negative core belief, uh, which is similar to yours, which is, you know, I am unworthy because of things that have happened in my life. But I know behind those curtains that I did see that I was a magical, powerful goddess who could achieve anything and could heal myself. And I still believe that I do. Yeah, you know it, right? Not belief. I think you know. Like I knew that it was true. And it's and you seem, you feel crazy when you're trying to explain this to people that you knew that it was true. But I knew that it was more than a dream. It, it was the truth. And that truth was there for me to access as long as I could get my mind right so yeah you I know that it's there and I can access that anytime and sometimes the world does you know make it difficult to make the curtain close but you're right that curtain will be there for me for the rest of my life thanks to you and your ceremony the funny thing is like the next time you come you know you will enter that space you open the curtains and then you realize a little bit further there's another curtain and there's and then you integrate that for a while, you keep on meditation and dating then. <laughs> and then the next, you know, it could be that a year after or a few years after, it doesn't even matter. Like, again, there's another curtain, even wider, right? So it keeps on being a, it, it, it's beautiful because you have the feeling like you got all the insights you need and you see the truth. But the beautiful thing is once that's integrated in your life and your system, there will be a moment that you, it's, it's time to extend again and there are more curtains to open. You know, we keep on learning and we keep on melting more and letting things go and really center more in our being and our soul. And uh... a new form of meditation that I've just discovered, which yourself and some of our listeners may have discovered ages ago, but it's a, a breathing meditation called psychedelic breathing. And it, it takes you back a little bit to what it feels like to do a mushroom ceremony or a DMT ceremony. And I was wondering, what um, have you tried that? I went every year to Osho and Osho has many of those meditation techniques as well. And, and so what you do is like you're almost forcing yourself almost like in a heightened ventilation uh, and you breathe differently that in one moment you can get visions as well. I really believe, and that's what I learned, especially with 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 Osho, for example, is that all those tools of breathing, of you have many, many meditations. You can also do dancing, or even if you do sporting, if you like for a half hour, you run, right? You get so destroyed and tired and everything. And that's, and you already empty your mind on the moment after you sport and you sit still and you close your eyes. You're like, that's like a huge meditation already. And people say like, it's, you know, the sport itself, work as a meditation but it's mostly during this you know it, it's a tool to get into meditation afterwards that's mostly what happens and that's the same with the breathing it, it helps to get in this stage but the, the whole thing is to to connect with that and and when it, it's it's also a learning process once you're learning how to meditate like you can just do it in the on the toilet right you're sitting on the toilet and you just close your eyes and when you know where to find that space you're in that space so so it's it's not the breathing right it's just a tool a tool to get into meditation but yeah it's, it's a beautiful one for sure like it's very funny because my my favorite one is dancing so in the morning i like i i did a with my with my daughter we did like a, a morning dance meditation 
and uh, for for me it's like in the first few moments you dance you feel weird right like uh, like even if you do it alone with the curtains closed <laughs> you know you feel like but but after a moment if you keep on going and going after five or ten minutes and you dance like no one is actually watching you just move and you just you, the only thing you have to do is move you know don't step just listen to the music and just make your move like how your body wants to move there's a one moment that you're just being guided by the music and you're not thinking anymore and after that dancing when you when you get every energy out of your body somehow what's blocked or stuck then you let it flow i sit in silence for 10 minutes and then it's like when the magic happens so so that's that's the tool i use the most but yeah yeah it's, it's a bit of the breathing one is a very popular at the moment and it's a gorgeous one i like the dancing as well it, it almost makes you it brings out your inner child you know it makes you feel buoyant and happy and effortless you feel alive right you feel alive that's the gorgeous thing about it it's like meditation is not I mean, people have the feeling that meditation is diving you know it's like escaping from life but the whole thing is like meditation is diving into life that's this is because you feel the most alive than ever this is how i see meditation i try and tell myself that too actually at the moment with meditation it's enjoying this moment of life rather than thinking about other moments in the future or the past, which we spend so much time dwelling on. And that's why it's good just enjoying this moment, whatever that be doing, whether it's breathing or dancing or running <laughs> or doing it the normal way. For many of our listeners, uh, if they wanted to experience, we've pretty much spent this whole podcast talking about how amazing psilocybin is, but it's not actually legal in New Zealand or available. So for our listeners, if they wanted to do a psilocybin experience, they could either go to Australia and do it legally for $25,000 Australian, which is like 30,000 New Zealand, or they could make a trip to Amsterdam and see you, which would be much cheaper because an individual session on your website is about 1300 um, AU. So flying over to Amsterdam and flying back and doing a session with you would be cheaper than going to Australia to do it in a clinical setting. You could probably even get business class flights for the same amount. <laughs> <laughs> I think you will still have some money left over. <laughs> and it would be worth it. It would be 100% worth it. Like I would spend the money to fly over just to see you in the future so if listeners did want to book in a session with you how would they do so check check out the website uh or find me on instagram and uh and, and first really feel uh if you resonate with with you know with me for example i think that's the most important that you really feel connected with someone like oh yeah this one is you just recognize the feeling like okay this is the one that's gonna do my ceremony so i think that's the first thing you need to have that feeling and then just go to the website, read, and shoot me an email. That's very easy. I do have a waiting list, I think, since someone maybe wants to come from Australia or New Zealand that needs some planning any, anyway. Uh, and sometimes I just open an email and I just feel, okay, this person needs to come. Uh, and I make space on a, on an earlier uh, day. So it really, it's, I don't know, it's, it's very intuitive as well. Awesome. So thank you, Chada. Uh, this, is, this is awesome. I really, really love chatting with you and talking about the magic mushrooms. <laughs> Thanks for inviting me for this beautiful podcast. <laughs> I'm definitely coming back. <laughs> Maybe next year. <laughs> <laughs>